Hello and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. You're now listening to episode 92 of the show. I'm joined again this week after a solo week last week um, by my co-host Matt. Sorry, my fucking brain just shut off. What's going on, Matt? <laughs> I'm glad to be back. It's always <laughs> weird coming back after a week off. It feels like uh, a month. I know. Uh, at times, just like you come, come back with some more juice and... Uh, I was bummed down not to talk about last week's games with the Chelsea Arsenal matchup and a couple of the <laughs> other big matchups there with uh, West Ham dominating Leicester and such. And yeah. then we had the United draw against Southampton. So there was a lot of games I wanted to talk about there. But uh, we got this week now. Um, we had international break. So uh, for those guys listening right now, uh, we're just going to recap last week's results. And then we're going to talk about the, what happened on transfer deadline day since that concluded yesterday. Um, I think there's some deals still going on now that carried over overnight, yeah, but yeah. Uh, very little. Uh, we'll have to wait until January, but that's pretty much the premise of this episode. But uh, other than that, I'm really excited to get right into these games. Yeah, so Matt's got to go <clears throat> pretty early today, so we're going to try our best to kind of run through what we thought was super entertaining. Uh, it's challenging to do because, to be honest with you, this was a banger of a week. I thought a lot of these games were very, very entertaining. Um but we're going to do our best for you. We're going to start off with <laughs> the match that opened the week, sadly, Manchester City versus Arsenal. A 5-0 pounding um, at <clears throat> at the Etihad. I mean, Arsenal were just never in this game. It's kind of tragic. <laughs> we registered one shot and had 19% possession. This is one of the worst stat lines I've seen from Arsenal in recent time, and that's saying a lot because it's been a rough couple of years. Um, I just don't even know where to start, what to say. The defense has absolutely no heart whatsoever. I think pretty much everybody that has fucking eyes can see that at this point. Um, we didn't have Ben White in this game, but I don't really even know if that matters. He looked horrendous in the first week, um, and it's going to take time for him to kind of slot into this team, I think. But we we went out there um, with a pretty flat lineup, I think. Aubameyang's back from the COVID thing. After having a fantastic midweek against West Bromwich Albion, netting a hat trick, he fell flat here. Uh, we had some defensive blunders, I would say. Like I said, no heart, a lot of errors. And then in the midfield, I mean, we, we started with Xhaka and Odegaard, and Xhaka was absolutely horrendous. Got himself a fucking two-foot tackle red card. Classic banter from Xhaka. Um, can't play in an Arsenal shirt, dog shit. And Manchester City capitalized. They were fantastic. Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus and Ferran Torres got in uh, on the scoring. I think I talked about Jesus last week. He's been fantastic. And Ferran Torres kind of looking good in the number nine role. So <clears throat> I just, I, I don't even want to go over the goals here because there could have been 10 goals in this game. Uh, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal were, were slaughtered. They were just, they were never in the game. There's no heart. There's no direction. It's, it's a really, really sad time to be an Arsenal fan. And really, it's just, it's, it's not good for the league. When Arsenal is shit like this, it's not good for the league. Um, and what can I say when people say, you know, look at Tottenham, they're at the top of the table and Arsenal are literally at the very bottom. It's, it's tough. It's really tough to see and it's kind of hard to stomach, but just have to grin and bear it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you guys get a favorable matchup. When you guys come back from international break, you get Norwich right there with you. They've been struggling as well. Um, but in this game specifically, Arsenal, no shots on target, one one total shot, uh, lowest possession uh, percentage of all time, I think, in Premier League history at 19%. Um, obviously, 
Oh, yeah, they said the previous was like 33 or something. But Jeez. I mean, going down to 10 men early uh, against a Man City side like this is always brutal. Um, they kind of they played that five four one. They threw Kolesnach in the back there since no Mary and um, and Ben White there. Um, they they just tried to batten down the hatch and couldn't. Ben, I think Leno made a couple good saves. I mean, there's not really much you can do getting pummeled on there by City. Um, honestly, the lineup City put that out there was kind of back up it a little bit. You had yeah. Bernardo Silva in there, uh, Fernand Torres. You you could still consider him like that. Uh, Laporte's still been out there since no John Stones. Um, Ederson today just signed a new long term deal with Man City. Uh, not really, it's a really a no brainer there for him, but. Uh, Jack Grealish has been playing minute after minute. Uh, he's been getting the reps over Sterling and Mara's, so we'll be seeing if that continues going forward. Uh, hopefully he doesn't pick up any injuries, but yeah, pretty conventional here from City. Uh, Ten goals, four now in three games, only giving up one. Uh, they currently sit seventh in the table, which is surprising, but you kind of forget that week one matchup against Spurs, uh, one no loss, but uh, that's not really going to hurt them long term. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Arsenal are okay for now, but like their transfer business, the average age of the people they brought in is like 21, uh, 22, and, they, and all, they're letting go all the old people and guys that aren't. Uh, you have the whole Maitland, not, not, Ainsley Maitland-Niles uh, drama going on. Yep. Uh, that's really not been resolved. He was pushed to train with the 23s, and now Mikel had to talk to him, and that's big drama there, so... Uh, the club's pretty much up in flames. It's getting to that point where Mikel's going to have to go soon. I'd say, I would say if they draw or worse against Norwich, he's really got to leave. That he would be has my to. Opinion. I've never he... seen drama like this like, in all my days. Never. I've never seen drama at Arsenal like this. Yeah. And there's always and been it, drama. And it's like you said, it's it's sad to see when um, Arsenal's not doing well. It kind of hurts the league. And I think Arsenal have the most. Uh, uh, what's the right word? Volatile fan base where for sure, for sure the mood swings are intense, where it can be so high and then it just goes brutally rock bottom. So um, I'm sure they'll bounce back there. They have a great run of, of games coming up on paper that they can get some points back on and get some form. I'm sure Aubameyang Saka will do well there. Uh, Lacazette will see him getting rotated in. But yeah, I mean, we've been on this game for a while. I think we move on. Yes, we certainly can try and get that out of my memory. Um, next Newcastle 2 Southampton 2 a high scoring affair at St. James Park not necessarily what I was expecting but I do believe I predicted a draw here Callum Wilson struck first in the 55th minute it was a a game of late goals Um, Mohamed El Yunusi struck back for Southampton Southampton in the 74th our boy St. Max scored in the 91st stoppage time and then James Ward-Prowse the penalty merchant scored in the 96th to draw Southampton level, and the both of the teams shared the points. I think Southampton were in the driver's seat for this one. I thought it was actually a pretty solid showing for them, especially yeah. when you consider squad strength. Um, they did have you know most of their normal guys out there, but you got goals from guys that you wouldn't normally expect in in El Yunusi at least. Um, Prowls, you know, he gets on the score sheet just because of the set pieces. But uh, I think really solid from Newcastle to be honest to just get a point. Uh, good to see them scoring late. Uh, St. Max, you know, getting on the board. Love to see that. That's my guy. And Callum Wilson, he has a few goals now in these first three games. So he's in relatively solid form. And I don't know. There's something about Newcastle this year where I feel like you're going to see a couple more upsets out of them. Um, And they just look more consistent, you know. Last season, especially in the beginning, 
they were dropping points to teams they shouldn't have dropped points to, and then they picked it up at the end. But I think they look better this season so far, and um, we'll have to see kind of kind of what pans out for them. But I don't think this is an awful result for either team. You know, it's Southampton at two points in two weeks now, um, two two gritty draws, and it, it's good for them as well. Going into these uh, matchup, I think both teams were looking to get a win yeah. after their first two matchups. Uh, Newcastle going up against West Ham and Villa not picking up results there. They thought this would be a winnable matchup. And then Southampton on the flip side uh, having to play United and um, Everton. And they got a draw against United, which was big for them, but they would have loved three points here. Um, so both, I would say, disappointed. But yeah, like you said, Southampton had the edge in this game. They controlled it. Uh, but Newcastle took their chances. They're very dynamic on the counterattack with the speed of Saint and Wilson. Wilson with a pair now. I think he went off the went off the field in the second half with a bit of a knock. He's always had a little bit of hamstring issues. Same with Saint Max, but he's been healthy so far. Uh, no John Joe Selvi in this in this. So Sean Longstaff, your boy, had to come in there. Uh, they're pretty thin in the defense area. Uh, both their top two goalies are out. So. Uh, I mean, every game Newcastle has been leaking goals, so you can always expect an over in that game with them. And a controversial call in the 96th minute for a penalty there uh, gave Southampton the points. Probably lost a lot of people money. Unfortunate. But um, yeah, I mean, Southampton's a team that, I mean, both of us, I think, predicted both of these teams not to do very well this season, maybe 14th and below. But um, with the business they've done, maybe they can finish a little bit higher. But yeah, I think both can take positives out of this game. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Um, Alrighty, we will move on to the next one. We have Brighton nil, Everton 2. Everton were an insane underdog in this game. They were like plus 370. I had them in a parlay. It was like 10 bucks to win. I had them with three other teams to win like 270 or something. And they did win. I knew that they would come out firing, and they did. They played really good. Um, They didn't have much possession, but they were really, really threatening um, on the counterattack, and when they did have the ball, they were clinical. Damari Gray continuing to be an impressive signing. Calvert-Lewin getting himself on the score sheet. You know, classic. You always expect goals from him. But I, I think Everton looked like a far better side. They just they didn't have any of the, any of the possession here. Um, they kind of played how I would have expected Brighton to play, actually, which is funny. Um, but I don't think Brighton were all that awful either. They had a couple of chances, just a little bit wasteful in front of the net. Um, of course, there is more quality on this Everton team than there is on the Brighton side. Uh, a little bit of an unlucky result for Brighton, who were off to a relatively decent start. Uh, I think that they'll be they'll be in better shape next week. But this is a really good result for Everton. It's good to see them not faltering against a side like Brighton. They should be beating them. Um, and I, I was pretty impressed here. I think that that Rafa has them in relatively decent shape, considering he's only been there for you know a couple months. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. If I'm an Everton fan, I'd be very pleased with where we're at in the table. Sitting six, seven points. We've scored seven goals, which is awesome. Uh, it's not like they're getting one nil grind out results. Um, like you said, they didn't. They're not really having much possession, but maybe that's the tactic they're going for with counterattacks like that. Um, you have your Charleston and DCL who are pretty reliable. Uh, Rafa specifically on deadline day yesterday brought in Solomon Rondon uh, from the Chinese league, so. He has some faith in him to back up uh, Calvert-Lewin if if an uh, injury comes. But uh, Damari Gray is looking like a very nice bit of business out there. He's got two and two now. A uh, very creative young winger. I think 25. Uh, Townsend, an experienced guy on the opposite side. 
and it also helps when Allen and DeCorey are in there, very healthy in there. Those guys are quality midfielders, still have back those guys up. So uh, a very stable team. Um, I think the the thing that will win all Everton fans over um, with Rafa would be if they win uh, against Liverpool this year. I think that would complete uh, the faith. They would fully believe him. Uh, and that would be something special. Uh, two wins in, in back-to-back seasons against Liverpool Liverpool would be crazy. But um, yeah, Brighton are doing pretty well. I predicted them get relegated. It's not looking like that. They've spent a lot of money. Uh, I mean, every team this year has spent a lot of money. The Premier League in general has spent so much more money than every other league. And you, won't, you wouldn't have thought that. But every team is doing business because they want to stay in the league because they don't want to take that financial hit. Uh, but Everton is a team that I've been sleeping on the past three weeks, and I keep thinking they're going to slip up, but uh, they're still proving me wrong. Uh, we'll see how long it can last. We saw this last year. Their first six games, they were in the top four, yeah. uh, and then and then the form just fell off. So uh, we'll wait to see, but so far they're doing very well. Yeah, great result for them, and we will move on to the next. We have... I lost it. West Ham 2, Crystal Palace 2. This was an absolute thriller at London Stadium, which I thought West Ham would prevail, but mm-hmm. Connor Gallagher, I mean... Chelsea saving the day. He would not lay down. That motherfucker has some drive. Um, West Ham came out with a relatively simple lineup, similar to how they've been lining up in recent weeks. Antonio up top with Fornals, Bowen, and Ben Rama behind them with Suchek and Rice slotting in in those holding roles. Um, and pretty much the same back line, and of course Fabianski in net. Uh, same thing for Crystal Palace, nothing fancy. They did actually just get Odson Edward through from Celtic uh, yesterday, so they'll have him to maybe replace Benteke uh, moving forward or maybe slot yep. in and out with him, which was mm-hmm. good business. They got him for relatively cheap, and he's a similar player to Benteke as well. Um, but, but Benteke was up top here with Zaha and Ayu on the wings, your pace on the wings. Connor Gallagher in the midfield got the start and two goals. Um, like I said, refused to lay down. He's got a lot of fire, man. Uh, it was fantastic to watch him. And, you know, West Ham's not the team I support, but I do find myself rooting for them. I really like Antonio and I really like Fornals. Uh, I don't have Fornals in my fantasy this, this year, but I do have Antonio and he's been fantastic so far. Uh, kind of a disappointing result for West Ham. I think that they were. They were really strong, and I think that they, when Antonio scored that second goal, um, that they they should have been able to just get off of that. But Conor Gallagher struck back just two minutes later, and this was Conor Gallagher versus versus West Ham. It wasn't Crystal Palace versus West Ham. Um, right. And I'm not seeing a ton from Crystal Palace and Vieira that makes me think, like, uh, this is going to be a different year for them. I think his time is probably limited, but this is a fair result against a team that's at the very top of the table. So um, there's not there's not really much you can say uh, in terms of slandering Palace. I just don't think it was anything fancy. And West Ham, it's fine to slip up and get a point. You know, it, it's better than slipping up and and losing and not getting any points at all. So they'll just have to look forward to the next week. They did some business. I think they're bringing in uh, Kurt Zuma actually. So. He may be uh, fresh legs back there for Dawson. I'm hoping that uh, knee injury that he sustained last year or the year before um, doesn't fully derail his career. I think that that's actually good business for West Ham, and I think that, that they'll continue to be a threat this season. 
Yeah, I think Zoom is a great bit of business for them. There were rumors that were, they were maybe going to pull out due to that knee injury you mentioned in the past, but uh, it went through. Uh, they also brought in Vlasic, who previously played in uh, Moscow, but, but he did have some time at Everton for a season, uh, attacking midfielder there, just some depth. Uh, not sure why they went for him and not Ling- Lingard, uh, because Lingard's proven and the fans already love him and they went for this guy, but that's all right. And then uh, Alex Krell, backup defensive mid player. They got him also from Russia. So, uh, And he's also Cro- uh, Czech. So uh, Suchek and Kufal will be boys with them. Um, so it, it should be fine. These guys get... They, that's the main thing West Ham has been needing. They've been needing depth in these key positions if they want to push on to retain a top six finish while also competing in that Europa League. Um, and I think David Moyes is, is comfortable right now. He's got a squad that he can call his own. Uh, with all the players, uh, he's getting more financial backing uh, from the club. There's potentially going to be a new uh, somebody trying to buy the club, uh, so that's why they invested more money into the team now. So that's a different story. But uh, this game specifically, like you said, Con- Connor Gallagher with a brace—that's great to see from him. Get some confidence uh, throughout the season before he comes back to Chelsea. Uh, and then I saw a stat here. It said Palace remain without a win in their last eleven Premier League London derbies. Uh, those being six draws and five losses. So uh, when it comes to London teams, Crystal Palace do not do well. Uh, but I think they're still trying to find their feet. I think Vieira is still trying to figure out the right squad. Um, they they did, like you said, they did some more business. Um, they brought in Will Hughes from Watford. He was out of favor there. Uh, he's a pretty experienced player in the league uh, while also doing a lot of time in the championship. Like you said, Edward as well. I think having another attacker up there to compete with Benteke is huge. Uh, and it'll get get the best out of all of them. So I think, yeah, like you said, it was disappointing for West Ham, but I think this is much better for Crystal Palace's morale because uh, getting a point against a top six side like West Ham now is uh, something you can take fo- uh, take positives from and move forward to the next game. Yep, <clears throat> and we will be moving to the next game right now. We have Norwich City 1, Leicester City 2. I worried for a couple minutes here. Um, I was, yeah. This was the one of the most surprising games for me. Leicester looked very flat to me. They were not as offensively um, dialed as they typically are. I think that it's time that we see Kelechi, uh starting to get some time. He's really not. I mean, he he did get subbed in here, but I don't think that starting James Madison like up top as a second striker sort of um player is your answer here you have a really proven solid striker in Kelechi and Nacho and I'd like to see more of him um but I just think that this was kind of like a I don't know Lester took their foot off the gas they scored really early they scored in the eighth minute Vardy still got it going on uh, I don't think it's time to to move him out or anything like that but yeah. I I think that you need to be you need to have your foot on Norwich's neck way more than this especially if you score in the eighth minute um, really foolish tackle, or was it? A, I forget what happened that that got the penalty out there. Was it a tackle? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not too sure either. I, okay. I don't remember it specifically. No, I don't either. But there was a penalty in the 44th minute. Um, Pookie drew Norwich level, and then it wasn't until the 76th minute when Mark Albrighton scored uh, that Leicester went ahead. And I honestly wasn't exp- like I I turned the game off and switched to another game in the 70th minute. Because I was like, dude, Lester, Lester aren't getting anything done. Like, there's no way right. that they score and and take all three. And I had I had money on them, but they did, um, which is good. It's good that they managed to get one in. But 
I just I thought Leicester were kind of flat here. They scored two goals, and typically I only say flat when, um, when when it was a really low scoring affair. This was okay. I don't Norwich suck. Like they only scored on a penalty. They they really are not good. I haven't seen anything good out of them. But they they were better than Leicester in this game, and they they had more heart, more fight. And I think Leicester actually really lucky to get away with three points here. Yeah, the penalty was a VAR decision that was mm-hmm. overturned. So it was a Suchek didn't get the ball and such. So that's what the stat line was saying. But yeah, I think uh, Leicester have a solid midfield here. Probably one of the best pairs in there. And then Didi and Tuleman very good. Uh, both have their pros. Uh, Didi more of that rock hard uh, defender who breaks up challenges, big in, uh, interceptions. And Tuleman is a creator, a little facilitator. Uh, they did bring in Adal, uh, Adamala. Well, I can't talk. Adamola Lookman. Oh yeah. Uh, from Leipzig, they got him uh, after last season with Fulham. He did pretty well there, so he goes on loan for the season to Leicester now. Um, they there were rumors that they were trying to get Hudson Adoy from Chelsea, but that didn't go through, which is fine. I'd rather not. I'd rather him not go to a, a competing team with us for that top four. Yeah. But um, I think Leicester's problem right now is the 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 injuries. They are taking over Liverpool's role from last season with uh, injuries. Their whole back line is suffering right now. You have Johnny Evans out, uh, Bertrand out, uh, Ricardo Pereira that played in this game is now out. He has a hamstring injury. Um, Vestergaard having issues, and then we had the Wesley Fofana injury and also James Justin. So very very thin in the back. Um, they're really going to have to focus on scoring goals because their defense is going to be reliable. Um, but I think you could get away with it here against Leicester, like you said. But um, yeah, you never know in these Premier League games. Anything can happen. Uh, like the VAR decision for a penalty, they like, easily could have been another one of those. And they could have split the points, but uh, they just held on enough. And I think moving forward, Leicester are really going to have to figure themselves out because um, now they have to play Man City when they come back. So uh, we'll see what the tactics are there for Brendan Rodgers. I think he's definitely a guy that can figure something out, top manager in the league. Uh, but uh, a red-hot Man City uh, with uh, all the guys they have is going to be tough to deal with with a thin back line. Yeah, that is the truth. They need to get some players back because they're going to be really depleted upcoming if they lose some, lose some other guys. Aston Villa won. Brentford won. This was a draw. Um... Like, just so early. This game was so fucking weird to watch. I watched the yeah. last half. Um, I saw Emmy Buendia's goal, but I didn't get to see uh, the Tony goal. Tony with his first? Was this his first or second goal so far? This was his first. Yeah, mm-hmm. so his first goal in the Premier League. Um, in the seventh minute, super early. I had money on Villa. I thought they'd actually win handily here, but it was a draw. And Brentford looked pretty good. For some reason, Brentford are playing on par with some of these teams that have been up for quite some time. They have an intensity, and they play. They just, I don't know what it is about Thomas Frank, but it seems like he has them really kind of dialed in. They play intense football, strong. Um, Their back line is relatively solid, only letting up one, um, and and really not letting much up uh, otherwise. I just... I don't know. They're solid all over the park. There's so many of these guys that I don't even know who they are. Um, that Godos guy, I watched him uh, that entire second half until it got subbed off late. I thought he was fantastic, and I think Tony is is a real presence. He kind of, um, he he's similar to, 
He's similar in build to Tammy Abraham, but he plays more like a guy like Lukaku who's winning, who's trying his best to win aerial duels and just make space for everybody else. Uh, right. They don't have the talent to convert on the space that he that he creates. But I think if, you know, if they can make sure that other teams don't figure that out, because I don't think people have really figured out how Brentford play yet, to be honest with you. They haven't been no, up all that long, no. and, and their game plan could change. But I think that Tony is, is pivotal, and I think he makes a fuck ton of space. In every game that I've watched, there's been so much space out on the right because he typically plays on the left, yes. um, and he checks back too. So I, I think that, that Brentford could be one of those sneaky teams that kind of like does what Leeds did last year. They, they're more solid as a unit than Leeds are, and they defend better. So I think really good result for them. A little bit disappointing from Villa. Uh, they should be able to break down a side that's newly promoted, but they weren't able to. Uh, what can you ask for when you're starting Ashley Young, I guess? Um, yeah. But, but Buendia looked good, you know, first goal in the uh, Villa shirt, and I think he was really sharp. He he has some fire. He was he played really intensely the entire game. Um, so it, it, was, it was all right, but good result for Brentford. I think Villa are going to leave um, wanting more. Yeah, Brentford are very tidy in the back, but they're having problems scoring only three goals in three games. Uh, still getting the job on their sitting 10th right now. Yeah, like you said, the Leeds effect there. Uh, previously, when Wolves first joined, they finished 7th back-to-back years. Uh, and then there was a bit of a drop-off when people figured them out with the tactics. So it's kind of like a rookie season. People are trying to figure them out, and we'll see if they stay up how the following season does. But um, no goal for Danny Ings here. It would have been 3-3 three and three for him. He's been having a phenomenal start. Uh, Buendia getting that goal, like you said, uh, given too much space at the top, curls it in. Um, right after I drop him for my fantasy team, he scores, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I feel like a main thing that Villa was missing here was Mings in the back. Uh, they started Tuan Zebe, uh, and when I saw that, I put money on tu- on uh, Ivan Tuni to score and seventh minute in instantly. So I felt good about that. Uh, Tuan Zebe still trying to find his form. Um, excuse me, being loaned out from United. Uh, trying to find that form to what he used to. He played here before with Tammy Abraham, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but for Brentford, uh, they still have a few more uh, basic games. They play Brighton the next time, and then Wolves, that's kind of a ramp up, and then they ended up with Liverpool end of the month. So I think that'll be a true test to see how good they are defensively with the likes of Salah, Mane, and Jota coming at you. Uh, but that's a long time away. But right now, they're doing very solid. Villa as well, sitting 11th, so um, haven't picked up many injuries either side, so that's a positive they can look forward to, and hopefully it stays the same after the international break. Yep. Alrighty, let's move on to Liverpool and Chelsea. This was an unbelievable game. Um, A strong, strong showing from both sides. I think both teams look really good, but I think you have to take more away from this for Chelsea. They drew 1-1. This game was at Anfield, so a fantastic result to just to just even get one point. And I think I predicted a draw here, so how about that? I had a good week. Um, Kai Havertz scored an absolute skyhook of a header in the 22nd. Looked like he was doing all of the calculation and geometry in his head before crazy. he jumped up. It was one of the craziest, most well-placed, perfect headers I've seen in recent time. Uh, cross came in from the corner from Mason Mount and Havertz jumped up. He is tall as hell, dude. He, he towers over some of those guys and placed mm-hmm. a fantastic, um, fantastic little flick header into the top right of the net. It was just too much for, um, Allison to get to. 
so a really good result or a really good uh good goal there and then unfortunately um in stoppage time of the first half reese james moved his hands in a unnatural manner we'll say i don't know i think i think it was just really his his um Reaction. I don't want to. What, what is it? Reaction or um, he was making a genuine attempt to block the ball. It yeah, I don't. Yeah. up to his arm, which was on his side, but because it was a, it was a, it stopped the ball from going in. Yeah, that right. occurred. I think it would have been differently if it was top of the eighteen. I don't think it would have been the same call. No, it but have. since it denied a goal, that was the decision. So I can see the point in that. But after that decision, the solid goal, obviously that you. Saw it coming. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for the whole second half, it wasn't a true game. It was just uh, just playing for the point. That's what Tuchel did. Subs in Tiago Silva, uh, subs in Chaloba late, uh, puts in Kovacic, replacing Conte because he picked up a little bit of a knock. So uh, they played like a 5 3 2 at one point. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you have Lukaku up top, you can play like two men in anyway. Yeah. And we, did, we still did have chances um, in the second half with 10 men. So it was nice to see there, but now Reese James is out for three games. So we're probably going to see Aspi slide out there. Uh, Chaloba slide into the other position, which is nice. I'm glad he'll get some minutes. Uh, maybe we'll see Thiago Silva get in there. So it'll be interesting to see who he picks when we come back uh, against Aston Villa. Also, we get Saul, uh, get him on loan for the season. So now we have four quality center midfielders to rotate when one is out. Uh, that's always great. So I think all over the park, we are solid to take on every competition, which is something that not a lot of teams can say. Um, and I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, Liverpool, on the other hand, I think they definitely needed to win this game. Yeah, they did. Uh, against 10 men. This is uh, critical. This could have been put them, if you think of the long game, uh, the uh, think about the end game. Uh, how, this win over them, how it could set them up at the end of the season. Maybe they beat Chelsea by one point for the title or for top four. You never know. So um, you just need to take your chances. And I think Chelsea caught a break here, uh, and we'll just live to fight another day. I I, th- I almost think that it was more impressive to watch Chelsea hunker down and Tuchel make those tactical decisions, and all of them listen so intently. And carry out the plan so finely. Yeah. I mean, it was almost more impressive to see them do that than win the game. And yeah. I, I, you have to. T- I, I took so much away from this game. Um, the midfield and and the defense that Chelsea have um, constructed is unbelievable. I mean, they they were so hard to break down. Liverpool were making some mistakes, but it's because of the pressure that that those wingbacks that slotted into the back. Um, and played in the yeah. flat five. It's because of the pressure they put on those guys. Um, Marcus Alonso, I, I saw a Liverpool fan slandering him the other day. I, I don't know how you can slander him. He's He's been fantastic. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, going forward, he's great. Defensively, he's great. Chelsea are, are a powerhouse right now. Yeah, uh, I think Tuchel commented about Alonso and why Chilwell hasn't been playing. Um, Chilwell coming late from the Euros and... Alonso got uh, five weeks ahead of him of fitness and training in. So I think Chilwell may be implemented into this Villa game coming up, uh, maybe 60 minutes, 70 minutes. We'll see how that goes. But uh, this wasn't, this definitely wasn't the game for him to get his first minutes in for the league. Um, and like you said, I think going down to 10 men, having a guy like Tuchel, you feel confident that they can get a point or hold on to a result. And I mean, you never, you you don't want to see them go into that situation. But maybe next time, when that happens, 
um, we'll we'll hope for the same thing. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen again for a while. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Um, my hat's my hat goes off to Chelsea. I mean, that hurts to say, but they're so good right now. Um, next one, Burnley one, Leeds one. Shit result for Leeds United, who should have been beating Burnley. Chris Wood struck first in the 61st minute. Patrick Bamford responded in the 86th. I had Bamford to score and Leeds to win. And they didn't win. And I'm a little salty about it. Um, Leeds lined up in their classic um, one in the middle, Ailing and Dallas playing wing back with Cooper, Strigic, and Lorente in the back this time. Um, Bamford up top, Rodrigo behind him, Harrison, Rafinha on the wings. And same thing for Burnley as they usually do with Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes up top. I didn't see anything in this game that made me think like, oh, wow, Burnley are great, or oh, wow, Leeds are, you know, Leeds are shit or Leeds are good. They just were just so average. Leeds are so average now. There's no... Last season, they either they either won, you know, handily and looked super sharp or got battered. And I'm not even... I'm not seeing either of those things right now. I'm just feeling like Leeds are not on the same page. Not everybody's on the same page or the squad and Bielsa aren't on the same page. I don't know what exactly it is, but they just look flat, figured out, frustrated. Um, and... Burnley came out on top. I think this is a better result for Burnley than it is for Leeds. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, Barnes didn't get a goal here and he got subbed off, but they continue to impress me. And it seems like the Burnley defense, Tarkowski and me especially, uh, look better this year than they did last. So I think that's good. And Burnley may be on a slight upwards trajectory here. Yeah. A pair of, of interesting stats here. Chris Wood's goal for Burnley was the 30,000th goal scored in the Premier League, the 10,000th being by Les Ferdinand for Spurs in December 2001, and the 20,000th was scored by Mark Albright in, uh, for Villa in December 2011. So every 10 years, it seems like there's 10,000 goals. Yep. Uh, that's weird how that works out. But And also the other stat, Leeds have ended a run of 26 Premier League away games without a draw, drawing for the first time on the road in the competition since February 2004 against United. Um, Leeds have been coming out in this 3-3-3-1 formation, uh, Bielsa-esque, um, just so they're all over the place. Um, they have brought in a, a couple of signings to where I think they can build on. Um, I went above them. Uh, they bring in Dan James now, coming from United. He is, his spot was almost, well, pretty much done after the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, cause we think Greenwood's going to slide to the right. And now with Sancho there as well, it's pretty much Dan James, you're done. Uh, he was going to go to Leeds a few seasons ago, uh, from Swansea, but things fell through and then he ended up at United. But I think now that he's there, he's going to be competing with Jack Harrison and Rodrigo for time, but he's a quality signing for them. He definitely brings in a, a lot of speed that, that Bielsa will love that high press. He's not, uh, unfamiliar with. Uh, glad to see Bamford get on the score sheet here. I think his first of the competition this season. Um, but Burnley, yeah, like you said, solid. Very solid. They're always hunkered down. Sean Dice just knows the team and the tactics and what's going to go on. Uh, and they've continued to bulk up in the defense. They bring in uh, Connor Roberts, a right back from Swansea, and now they bring in uh, an interesting signing. I think Maxwell Cornet from Lyon. Uh, very one of the craziest signings I thought of uh, going the French league for, to Burnley 
Uh, he's a left winger that can also play left wing back, so he'll be helping out. Um, he'll be helping out. What's his? Sorry, what's his? The winger, uh, Dwight McNeil. Sorry, uh, for more creativity up front. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, Burnley quality results. Leeds really have to find themselves and get that scoring form back. Yep. Um, alrighty, Tottenham one, Watford nil. Good result for Tottenham. Sunny on the score sheet with a goal in the forty second. Tottenham continue to impress. They sit. Wait, are they actually the team that's at the top? Yes, they're they are. the only team that's won all three games. So Tottenham are the only team that have won all three games. They sit at the top with three goals for and zero goals against. Um, defensively, Tottenham have been, have been fantastic. They continue to impress here against a Watford side who do have some pace and uh, attacking prowess, although they did not show it in this game. Um, Tanganga Sanchez, Eric Dyer, and Reguillon continue to really, really impress me. They're very, very solid. Lloris not having to do a ton of work. And if you listen to the show, you know that I'm not a Lloris guy. I don't think he's very good. Um, the midfield, I think, is where Tottenham are going to break down eventually. Skip has had three starts now. He looks all right. I don't think that he's a long-term solution. Um, Deli Alli and Hoiberg have both been very, very solid. And I think offensively, now that you have that three-headed monster back and, and Bergvine's been able to develop a little bit while Kane, while Kane wasn't playing, um, I think that they are going to actually have a synergy that, that kind of revolves around three guys instead of the two of Son and Kane, like usual. Uh, Tottenham just look really, really solid. They're getting through with these results. Uh, I think they're going to need to score more goals when it comes to performing against some of these um, you know, more high-caliber teams when we move forward because, you know, it's not the Tottenham defense isn't always going to be this solid. There's going to be slip ups. Uh, but for now, you know, they look really good. I think this was a great result for them. I would have liked to see them, you know, maybe put a little bit more past Watford, uh, who are newly promoted. But yeah, you, you can't complain. Three points is three points right now, and they'll have plenty of time, uh, to figure out the offensive side, um, uh, moving forward. But good result, yeah. One nothing, uh, one nothing being their first three results all. All W's. Um, Brian Gill getting a, his first minutes in for Tottenham from moving from Sevilla, also more off the bench. Uh, and we still haven't seen all of the signings that Tottenham have made. They still have Romero, quality center back in there. Um, and also they just signed Emerson from Barcelona, uh, right back Brazilian, um, not Danny Alves, but the next generation maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, one nothing's not going to be enough long term, like you said. Um, Hoiberg and Skip, I think, have been pretty decent in there holding mids. Deli Alley has freedom to do what he want going do what he wants going forward. Um, Tanganga really stepping into his own. Um, he him solidifying that spot made Spurs decide to let go of Orier. They let him go. Uh, mutually terminate his contract. Regulon, I know he's a very solid left back. Um, very feisty, you can get forward and put in great crosses into Kane and Son. Um, and yeah, we're still waiting for Harry Kane to score in the league, um, for him to get chased that golden boot because he has a lot of competition now with Lukaku, Mo Salah, and Cristiano Ronaldo, just just to name a few. Uh, and all, Antonio as well put some respect on his name. He's he's the current leader with four. Um, but yeah, I think this Spurs side is looking very solid. I think they can compete for a top four spot really. Um, they can push into that if they play their cards right. Um, Nuno has built a very solid squad. He obviously 
through the media and that was not given the respect that he deserves uh being seventh choice uh manager even by the club standard uh wasn't looked at as a serious candidate but he's proven the doubters wrong uh they've cleaned out uh all the dead weight uh all the deadwood on the on the bench uh Musa Sissoko played for Watford in this game after just being sold from Spurs didn't do too much got a yellow card they sold Joe Hart to Celtic just to name a few of those guys that left uh but yeah I mean Tottenham looked great going forward still haven't let a goal in the only team that haven't done the the only team yet to get scored on um I don't know how they're going to do going forward uh still they have a couple hard games coming up uh playing they play Chelsea in a few weeks and then we have the London Derby on the 26th uh that's going to be an interesting uh matchup uh depending on how Arsenal's next few results go um but yeah a lot to look forward to for Spurs and for Watford's sake uh, I think they can just take this on the chin and just move on to the next game yep all right we got one more here and then we will just quickly run through um our our match day or preview and honestly matt if you want to um like we can we can save that for next week yeah because... we can do it next week or if you have extra time this week we can just get together and record kind of an informal shoot the shit transfer recap that's fine by me too um so we have wolves nil man united one mason greenwood scoring again he's been absolutely amazing blowing the wheels off of what he did last season um he's just looks so so sharp up there as the lone striker and it's it's been really nice to watch because he's so young. Uh, really unfortunate for Wolves. That's what I took away from this. I don't think United were all that impressive. I just think it was a good result for them. Uh, they should be getting three from Wolves. Wolves are attacking-wise, like, they look really, really good. Adama Traore looks fantastic, but yeah. he could not score on an open net. I mean, this guy, as soon as he gets in front of the goal mouth or even close, like, near, close to the six... He just, his brain shuts off all the way and he just can't do anything. It's crazy for a guy that has that pace. If he could just get a little bit more finishing and not the 12 finishing stat that he has right now, he would be absolutely unreal. One of the best in the world, but he just can't do it. And, and really it's, it's sad for wolves. This is two weeks in a row where I think that they should have got at least a point and they didn't get anything from it. It's it's so unfortunate, sad to see. Um, but you know, I'm sure United are grinning and, and really kind of just wiping the sweat off their brow after this one because I think they got away with three points. Yeah, I mean, Wolves, the the very opposite of Tottenham, have lost all three of their first games, one nothing, um, and they sit 18th currently in the league. And I feel like out of all the teams in the league, uh, based on what position they're in right now, Wolves are the most uh, undeserving of that spot. I think they need to be much higher. Like you said, they look very good going forward. Trincao looks like a solid signing for the year for them. Uh, Jimenez hasn't just hasn't been able to put anything away, maybe due to service and whatnot. And like you said, most of the chances are falling to Traore, who is very uh, flawed up front, to say the least, to be kindly. Uh, but back line looks decent. Saab makes quality saves here and there. Uh, on the United end, Greenwood, 3-3. Three and three. Unfortunately, with the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo, he will slide to that right mid maybe even the bench. I doubt that's going to happen. Probably will be Jane Sancho. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, when Cristiano comes in, he gets the keys to the castle, and he gets what he wants. So he'll pretty much be the new manager over Ali, I would say. But, um, yeah, I mean, United looks solid. Rafael, uh, Varane got the assist here to Greenwood. 
controversially maybe shouldn't have been a goal. Uh, maybe they were there was potentially going to be a VAR decision uh, for a red card on Paul Pogba sliding into Neves, which led to the goal. Uh, so that was controversial. But other than that, other than that, United looks very solid. They are another top four contender. Uh, Cavani finally got minutes after recovering from COVID. Uh, Martial as well. So they have quality players off the bench to compete and to close out games like this. And I think Wolves, their their time is coming. They will have a win soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's probably going to be this next match against Watford, really. So we'll have to wait. They get, they get a couple favorable matchups now. They're kind of past the, um, the tougher matchups, Leicester, Spurs, and United. Now they're going to play... Uh, Watford, Brentford, and, and Southampton now. So these are these are uh, this is a time where they need to catch up. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Alrighty, here comes the preview for the next week. Match day four, not going off until some. Oh, yikes! Nine eleven. Um, we have a ton of we, games that day. One, two, three, four, eight games that day. We have. Chris, we, uh, what's up? We can we could save this to the for the following week, just in case there's any injuries through international break and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good idea. We can just end it here. It's we're already at forty five minutes. We're pretty concise, so that mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Um, gives Matt some time to get to where he's got to go. We do have a tornado warning, just so you know, brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know. So we're gonna be indoors. It's a short drive. So okay. We'll, we'll be. I'd like to say we'll be okay, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I think I was texting Evan yesterday about the transfer deadline day. I think it was the craziest window uh, we've ever seen in our lives. The, the the quality of players that moved for the price tags they did. Uh, we saw Lukaku move, Ronaldo move, Messi move, uh, like just so many quality players for high price tags. It, it would have been all-time great if Mbappe left. Uh, I think that was a waste and PSG not taking that. 190 million euros for Mbappe. Uh, they're just going to let him go for a free next year. Unfortunate. So dumb. But but they don't need the money, really. They make it real quick from that oil money. Uh, and their goal is to win the Champions League. So if they don't win it this year, they, they lost 200 mil. Um, probably even more. But um, yeah, I mean, all the moves were going to the Premier League. The Premier League spent the most money. All the other leagues had to sell. Barcelona sold everybody. They had to sell Griezmann now. He went to Atletico Madrid again. So that's another player they spent a lot of money for and now just lost a ton of money. Now he goes to partner up with Luis Suarez, another ex-Barcelona player. So Barcelona are in shambles still. Um, What's his name? Jordi Alba had to take a pay cut as well as Busquets just to get uh, Aguero registered to play in La Liga. So absolutely incredible. And one more thing, um, Chelsea, with all the money they spent, uh, they spent $132 million, but they balanced the books with all the players they sold and and made surprisingly made $2 million in this window with all the players they sold. So um, that's one one club that just did tidy business. So, I mean... Is there anything else you want to talk about with uh, Arsenal's dealings that you think maybe it could turn to be good? I mean, Tommy Osu's good to bring in. Hopefully, he's better than Ben White because Ben White fucking sucks. Um, I don't. I well, really don't have anything else well, to say. 
You let go of Bellerin and That's Tomiyasu fine. can play right back. So yeah, I mean, Be- Bellerin kind of the Bellerin experiment was great for the first couple years. You know, when he was like super fast and and people didn't know what he did yet. Um, but he's had injury issues and you know he got figured out. Lost some of that pace too when he came back from those injuries. It was all leg injury stuff. Um, yeah. And I I mean I have I have nothing but positive things to say about Bellerin. I think that he was fantastic for a couple of years there. Um, really, really dynamic and, and super strong, but he's just not, he's not a long-term solution for Arsenal anymore. Got to let him go. Uh, we were in the business of holding on to center backs and, and backs in general um, for too long. So it's kind of nice to see that new management. I don't know if it's Mikel or if it's the board um, that are making the decisions to move these guys on when, when they should. Uh, but it's actually nice to see, you know, we kept fucking Per Mertzacker back there until he literally could not move. So um, it's it's kind of good to see Arsenal at least um, trying to figure out the solution. But yeah. at the same time, you worry. You bring in all these young guys, they don't have direction, and they're all just kind of trying to n- not only figure out how to beat other teams, but like figure out how to just be themselves in this team. They're trying to figure out their identity as players on top of trying to figure out how to play as a unit. It, it can be a serious mess. And I think that we're probably headed for that this season. Um, almost all of the guys that we brought in were, were young uh, and they look, they look good individually, but it's, it's all about, you know, teaching them to learn to, to play and, and progress and mature in a unit because that's when you really become something. Uh, and we don't, we don't have a ton of older players to teach that. I think Aubameyang self-centered, um, I, I think we, we certainly know that by now, which is fine. Some players are like that. Uh, but, but there's really not a ton of experience, um, experienced English guys to teach these young players. And, and it's kind of unfortunate because I think that, that they're going to really miss out on a crucial part of their development and they just might not get all the support that they need at Arsenal to, to develop into these fantastic young players. But you know, it's, that's not up to me. So we'll just have to see how it pans out. Yeah, and I'm sure you're happy they let go of Willian as well. Yes, fuck you, Willian. Have fun in Brazil. <laughs> uh, he All never right. even played, so like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll close on that. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll, be ne- we'll be back next week, maybe with some more uh, reviewing of transfers, international break recap, and also we'll preview uh, week four of the Premier League. So yep. uh, check out all our other episodes on our other, uh, plat- on the other platforms. Sorry, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, head over to our YouTube if you want to watch some of our old episodes, we'll see our re- facial reactions and how we talk and see whatever, all that stuff. Hit the red subscribe button, notification bell, so you're notified whenever we post new content. Um, and also our socials, Post20Pod, Instagram, Twitter, uh, game day stuff. We'll have content coming out from there. Uh, and yeah, anything else you want to add, Evan, before we close? No, nah, that's it. Take care. If you're in the Northeast, where we are, uh, stay safe from the storm. Uh, you'll probably hear this after the storm, but we're going to try and stay safe from the storm. We'll see you guys yeah. next week, all right? All right. Take care. See ya.